is it too late to request that we like kind of recreate Clippy from old school Microsoft Word, <laughs> but we like make him a plane and he's like your companion pass companion. And he's like, hello, it looks like you're trying to earn companion pass. Like, come along on this journey with me and I'll help you. Let's make that happen because that'd be super cool. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, it's, yep. it's, 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 <laughs> okay. don't know how to respond to that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah I don't I'm know. Just... I hope that one makes the videos. Like, hello, <laughs> that I one... just said that. Hello, and welcome to Take Off, a podcast by 10X Travel. Today on the show, we have a full house again. I'm your host, Bryce Conway. Joining me today, Emily, Matt, and Travis. We're going to talk about one of the most too-good-to-be-true sounding points and miles perks in the game, the Southwest Companion Pass, which is essentially a a two-year-long buy-one-get-one-free deal for airplane tickets. We're going to cover how to earn it, common mistakes people make, all the details you need to know, share a new tool that's going to help make it easy. But before we do that, I do want to quickly mention, Emily, welcome back from a, a break to get married. Kind of a fun break. How, how was the wedding? Together. How was everything? And so good to have you back here on the podcast. Thank you. Um, it was great. Everything went according to plan. Only like one dance floor injury. But besides that, I think, uh, although my cake did melt before I could cut it, but I think that was a testament to the dance floor as well, since it was set up next to the band and everyone was just like profusely sweating. So Travis, if you ate any cake, I don't know if you have any weird like <laughs> diseases from other people's sweat. At this point. <laughs> well, Travis, you didn't say that you got hurt on the dance floor. You didn't tell no, us. That. I, yeah, who was the injury? <laughs> My aunt. <laughs> oh no. Oof, she's okay. <laughs> just it got a little slippery out there apparently. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I survived. I actually didn't have any of the cake, but I had some of the cupcakes, which were the exact same flavor, which was really, yes. really delicious. What was it? Lemon, lavender, blueberry or blackberry? I think it was uh, lemon, lavender, and raspberry filling. Yeah, it was delicious. Yeah. I think that you probably ate good. more than I did. <laughs> 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 but I think that's generally how weddings go, right? It's yes. Like, you spend your whole time talking to people and not eating any of the food. <laughs> Indeed. Weddings and uh, 10X meetups, at least for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the time yes. I get around to the food, it's like there's a, a half a pretzel left that was actually just dropped on the floor. And the That's pretzel good. didn't have lemon, la- le- what was it? Lemon, lavender, raspberry filling either. We're a little bit more basic. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Welcome back, Emily. It's good to have you back. Congratulations again. How about this for a transition? Speaking of plus ones, Southwest Companion Pass, basically a plus one of the sky. If you're hearing this, it means that it's about Companion Pass season, which happens at the end of the year every year. Kind of a big deal in the points and miles world because this strategy requires particular attention to be paid to the timing of many moving parts to make it work well. Hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll have that down to a science and feel comfortable, confident that you're on the right track to earn a Companion Pass for yourself. So let's jump right in and start with the very basics about Southwest Airlines as a whole, since they are the ones who are offering this incredible perk. Southwest Airlines, in my experience, is one of the more misunderstood airlines out there, mainly because they used to be considered more of a low-cost carrier. Most people, when you say Southwest Airlines, they kind of think of them in the same bucket as like Spirit, Frontier, Allegiant, and those types. And there's there really was a day in the past where that was the case 
But now that doesn't seem to be an accurate description of them, at least for me. And I, I feel like this is a great episode for me because a, I'm, I've, I have to be in the top 20 of Southwest Companion Pass users like in the world. I've, I've had Companion Pass for like a decade now. And B, I live in Columbus, Ohio, where Southwest is like the dominant airline. By that, I mean, there's no other airline that has much of a presence. So I fly Southwest all the time and I have kids. So I am, I am the use case for Companion Pass. And I often find myself kind of defending Southwest as not a low-cost carrier. They used to be, but today they fly to over 100 destinations, mostly domestic a few international exceptions in you know, Mexico, Costa Rica, kind of down in the Caribbean. Southwest does things a little bit differently. There's no assigned seating. It's kind of first come, first serve. So unlike weddings, you don't just pick up your table card and say, hey, I'm sitting here. First come, first serve, as long as people aren't playing games with putting their hats and stuff in the middle seat like they sometimes do. Uh, and Southwest does not have like a premium cabin. When you walk on the plane, every seat is a conventional domestic economy seat. There's really not much to say for status or better plane products. Every plane they fly is the exact same. And you get two okay. check bags included with every ticket. So that, that means me that the, the, uh, the no premium cabin now disqualifies Southwest for international flights. Isn't that right for you, Emily? No. Oh. <laughs> I think it's a time limit, not a destination uh, yeah. restriction. Like if okay. we're flying to Mexico from Denver, it's only like three and a half hours. I think we'll be okay. I was, God, I was so poking fun at your Mexico. new plus one. Is uh, new oh, rules yeah. on can't fly internationally except in a premium cabin. So yeah, yep. But I, <laughs> I think this is going to be a really fun episode for people because I've, like people's opinions about Southwest are very different. Like you've got people who love them. That's Bryce. You've got people who, if they could avoid flying Southwest, they would. That's me, Emily, Matt. I don't know where y'all fall, but you know I am a bit of a Southwest hater, even though I live in Texas where Southwest is from. But it's always a fun conversation to have just to see where people land on their feelings about Southwest. Ever since they got rid of the peanuts, I don't think I've flown Southwest. <laughs> Those two well, events are not correlated. I just haven't flown Southwest for a while. <laughs> we flew Southwest to um, Buffalo before our, our wedding and we're obviously like walking on the plane with a suit and a wedding dress and far too many bags and they basically in a in a lovely friendly way harassed us the entire plane making making like announcements about how we were getting married and at the end they gave us a bottle of champagne and they gave us must have been like anywhere from 30 to 50 little packages of the Chex mix that they give you on Southwest <laughs> so um we're stocked for life i thought about putting them in the guest uh, in the gift bags for guests <laughs> but didn't have quite enough so I, I'm a Southwest lover. I mean, there have definitely been some, some issues, but I think the issues are far outweighed by the fact that I can bring a person for free with me on every flight. I was today years old when I realized that Southwest has champagne on their flights. Oh, yeah. Same, I mean, actually. I, probably not, uh, it's probably not true champagne. It might be like Echo. You, you were, <laughs> were reading my mind about what my question was going to be. I'm like, is yeah. that real champagne? <laughs> I have to look back. How it was. It was probably not. <laughs> I also love that our podcasts always have some little aside as to like, is how do you pronounce this? Is that real champagne? We like to kind of get into the nitty gritty type stuff on here. I love it. But anyway, with, with Southwest, I guess the, the thing to know about the airline itself is that it's not a low cost carrier in the same sense that some of those other brands are that I mentioned earlier. Many people I find who really dislike Southwest do so because of that reason. They haven't flown them in a while. They kind of, they lump them in with the same hidden fee type of, uh, business structure that you see with a lot of other airlines. But really, Southwest is 90% the same as any other domestic carrier. 
there's really no frills. There's a couple of little nuances to flying them, but overall, it's a pretty good experience. I but think that talk- and the open seating is the other big aversion yeah. people have to Southwest. And I don't really understand why. Because like, does it really Same. matter if you're in 23F or 19B? Like, Yes, it does. I mean, it absolutely does. I don't know. Some people get very stressed about not knowing yeah. where their place is. You right. know? Me, me. I like, want to know where my seat is. I want to know... You know what to expect because for those of you who are listening at home, I'm six five. Legroom matters to me, and knowing that there's very limited number of seats with extra legroom on Southwest means that the boarding process is just stressful to me, and it can make a really, really big difference in my experience. And I'd much rather just fly an airline where I know from the start what seat I've got what the legroom is going to be like without having to deal with the stress of the 24-hour check-in and everything just is much preferred. I still fly Southwest. I have a companion pass, but (laughs) that's how good of a value it is, is even though I don't like flying Southwest, I still do it because of the value that that the companion pass is. But given a choice, I'd rather fly something else. I, I think that's a, that's very well said, Travis. And that's kind of like a perfect bottom line for, for kind of our intro section here on like who is Southwest. Cause we do see a lot of people who might be interested in the companion pass, but then they, they reframe it in their mind as some sort of kind of indictment on Southwest. Like, well, Southwest isn't my preferred airline. Therefore, I'm not going to do this. These are two separate things. You're getting a two for one deal with companion pass for nearly two years. So the question really becomes, are you willing to do Southwest knowing that it's buy one, get one free, plus a bunch of points that you earn in the process? That's the important thing to remember. Southwest might not be your favorite airline. I mean, even for me, for most people, you have two equal flights, same itinerary on, say, like United or American and Southwest. I'm st- I'll pick United American. Like, I don't choose Southwest because I love the in-flight experience the most. But as a whole package, especially when you throw in the companion pass, it often makes sense. Uh, so what is the Southwest companion pass? Travis, Southwest's biggest fan on the pod. You want to walk us through what it is? As the person closest to Southwest's headquarters, we'll use that as the justification for me taking this one. Uh, <laughs> so, so the Southwest Companion Pass, simply put, it's a pass that allows you to take a companion on any Southwest flight that you fly. You just have to pay the taxes and fees. Once you earn it, you have to select your companion and you can change it, I believe, four times a year. But once you've selected them, that person gets to fly for just the taxes and fees, whether you pay cash for the ticket or redeem points. And it's an unlimited number of uses for the year you earn it and the following year. So if you earned it December 25th, 2023, you would get it for the rest of December and then all of 2024. But if you earned it in January 8th of 2024, you would get it for all but eight days of 2024 plus all of 2025. So timing it can really change the value that you get out of it. Absolutely. That's what makes it so critical to kind of get the timing right on the strategy we're going to walk through. Don't get too hung up, folks, on like specific dates and things now if you're relatively new to Companion Pass. You can kind of psych yourself out thinking, okay, well, is it October 16th or is it October 22nd? doesn't really matter. All all you want to focus on right now is the calendar year. Companion Pass good for the rest of the calendar year you earn it and the entire following. So once you earn it, Matt, can you tell us about some of the specific ways that you can use Companion Pass? This is going to get really complicated. So I want everybody to pay attention. You can use it on both paid and award tickets, unlimited times, no blackout dates, no route restrictions. Did you follow that? 
Does it sound too good to be true? I know it really does, but it's not. Seriously. As long as there's an empty seat on the plane, you can add a companion to your ticket if you have the companion pass, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, like Travis said, you can change it up to up to three changes per year. So essentially, you, know, you have your initial one set and then you can change it three times. And you can also change back to like somebody who could be your companion. There are some nuances as to like, you can't change it to person B, but have a flight in a couple of weeks with person A, because then that ticket would get invalidated. But, but that's a nuance for future uh, down the road once you have it. And then the only, you can't stack companion passes either. So like if I have a companion pass and I add you and you have a companion pass, you couldn't essentially add a companion onto our companion pass ticket. Other than that, that's it. I mean, it's literally no frills, not complicated at all. Buy one, get one free as many times as you want, cash or award ticket. And if there's a seat on the plane, you can add a companion to it. Indeed. does sound too good to be true. Although that last part, if you would have been able to create companion pass chains, if you will, <laughs> where one person has companion pass, there's a whole plane of people who've added in chain, that would truly be too good to be true. And that's all. I absolutely would do that if it was an <laughs> option just for kicks. But yeah, really, I feel like with companion pass, it's almost easier to say when you can't use it. You know, you mentioned there's no blackout dates, there's no route restrictions, there's none of that. The only time you can't use a companion pass if you're flying on a Southwest plane is if you're already someone's companion on that plane, right? As we like to say, and hat tip Emily on this, you can't bring a plus one to a wedding if you're already someone's plus one. Plus ones don't get plus ones, right? Same idea with companion pass. Unless well, I don't know, so, Emily, anyone bring so a diff- plus Sorry. two to your wedding? Maybe we should ask this first. Is this a sore spot? No, no, no one brought a no one brought a plus two. That would be kind of a wild move, but. <laughs> Thankfully, it was awesome feeling. <laughs> Got it. Good to hear. So, Emily, actually, you're up next. Can you tell us how do you earn one of these magical buy one, get one almost free coupons that we call the Southwest Companion Pass? Yeah. The first thing that you need to do is earn 135,000 Companion Pass qualifying points, or you can fly 100 qualifying one way flights on Southwest in the same calendar year. Either of those two things will qualify you for the companion pass. One is much easier to do than the other, unless Southwest is like your your business airline that you fly for work all the time. You're probably not going to hit 100 one-way flights in the calendar year. So that brings us to the other option, which is earning the 135,000 points. They're called rapid rewards points. So if you hear us calling that, that's the same thing as Southwest points. But the key here is what qualifies as those points. So... You've probably heard us talk about before some of our biggest mistakes in this game, and and Bryce can probably speak to making an error about transferring points to Southwest from Chase and how that actually doesn't get you a companion pass. (laughs) But what does count is points earned from booking Southwest flights with cash, points earned from Southwest credit cards, points earned through using the Rapid Rewards partners and the shopping portals. So basically, you have a lot of options to earn those points. What really just doesn't count is transferring the, the points from another transfer currency. Let me ask you, does buying the points count? No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> just wanted to, to be sure to throw that one out there before yeah. someone goes and buys 135,000 <laughs> Southwest miles. So basically everything except for transferring and buying miles qualifies for it. You know that yep. someone has done that before, right? If you have done that and you're listening to the podcast, please send me an email because we'd love to interview about how that day went in your life. That was probably not fun. Not fun. <laughs> yeah. Who makes mistakes about qualifying points for companion pass? That's so silly. I've done that. <laughs> but otherwise, that's so silly. <laughs> so yeah, to summarize, points earned given to you by Southwest, not transferred in a purchase, earned for companion pass. 
Here's the key though. This is where I think most people make this the companion pass mistake. You do not earn companion pass simply for crossing 135,000 Southwest points in your life. Most people will say, oh, hey, I I have 129,000 companion pass qualifying points or or Southwest points in general. It's March. I'm just going to wait to cross 135,000 right after January 1 and I'll be okay, right? Nope. You have to earn every single one of those 135,000 points in the same calendar year. 0.1, all the way up to 135,000 in the same calendar year. I believe that the article that we have on our site that kind of walks you through this kind of makes a reference to the fact that every time you see Ryan Seacrest smiling at you in Times Square, your companion pass status has reset. It's New Year's, confetti is falling. That means everything starts over. So you're, you keep your Southwest points in your account. You can still use them to book whatever travel you want, but your qualification toward the 135,000 for companion pass resets. So that's I think that's an important uh, also to say there is that you don't have to have the 135,000 points in your account for it to meet. You can spend those as you are still earning points to get to that tier. So you may only have 10,000 rapid rewards points in your account because you've been redeeming them for flights and such. But so long as during that calendar year, the total is 135,000. And also, when you earn the companion pass, you don't like redeem your points to like cash them in for the companion pass too. We see questions like that a lot too. It just, you hit that qualifying uh, mark of 135,000 and boom, you sort of unlock this new feature in your account and that's it. You don't have to turn those into the bank or whatever to, to get that feature. That's why I think it becomes so valuable too, because just basically doubles the amount of points that you have in your account immediately. So you don't have 135,000 anymore. You have whatever two times that is that I can't do in my head right now. 270,000. <laughs> Thank let me, you. Let me do the math for you. <laughs> you got it. Speaking of math, I'm sitting here doing in my head like, okay, wait, 100 one-way segments in a year. That's like a Southwest flight every like three and a half days all year. Yeah. I mean, if I've always thought about it as the only way that it seems to make sense is, yeah, business travel. I mean, if you're a leisure traveler doing that much, that's a lot. But doing business travel, if you've got a connection on each one, that's 25 business flights. You know, you're getting four segments each way. It's still a lot of travel, but makes it a little bit more realistic, I think. That I think helps. we have a new uh, article idea. And who do we send on 100 one-way Southwest flights? And then Not Travis. Me. Definitely no. Travis. No. I will do it as long as it's Houston to Dallas, Houston to Dallas, Houston to Dallas, Houston to Dallas. <laughs> Eight flights per day. Yeah. For a month. Just see how quickly oh, now I'm can tender. turn it. How, yeah, how starting how, January first? How early in the year can Travis conceivably earn well, a companion pass with a hundred? And you know, segments? you know what would be interesting too is would I earn it from a hundred segments or points? Like earning points from mm-hmm. flying that. Oh, and if I don't earn it from points, then how many points would I earn doing that? Sounds like we've got a competition to only uh, one way to know. Yeah, to in January. <laughs> Clear your schedule. Clear your calendar. Two two yeah. weeks in January. Every single flight I can back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> I like the yeah. sound of this. This could be fun. Hmm. Travis, I hope we have nothing going on in Q one of twenty twenty four. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, one hundred thirty five thousand points. That sounds like a lot. But if you follow along these next steps, I'm about to walk you through. It's it's actually pretty attainable for most people, but it does involve credit card bonuses. So the first option is to open one Southwest business card and one Southwest personal card, earning the bonus on each. We'll talk about the timing of how to do that. But the bonuses that you see on the personal cards typically vary in the range of like 
40 to 60,000 points. I think we've seen as high as 70,000 points sometimes on those. The business cards are a little higher, like 60 to 80,000 points for the bonus. One of them right now is like a tiered bonus that can give you even more than that. But really any combination of two Southwest credit cards is going to put you over the 135,000 points, especially when you factor in the points you have to earn on the minimum spend to earn those bonuses. There's currently five different Southwest credit cards. They're all issued by Chase. They're all actually quite similar to each other. We talked about how each of them historically is offering 40 to 80,000 points as a bonus. Uh, the spend requirements in them are relatively low. The personal cards tend to bounce between like one and $3,000 spend in the first three months. The business cards are in the range of like four to 6,000 in the first three months. Those change every now and then. Lower than most others, lower than or comparable to many other co-brands. And you can get multiple of these cards if you're doing a business and a personal. Now, the business cards typically offer a sign-up bonus that's on the higher end of that range, and the personal cards are on the lower. And of course, remember that all the points earned from Southwest credit cards count toward qualifying for Companion Pass. That's both your spending rewards ongoing and the actual bonus that you get from the card. This means you could open one business card and one personal card, each Southwest, and already have around 120,000 or more Southwest Rapid Reward points. That's like over 80, 80% of the way there. You'd be just shy of the amount that you'd need for the Companion Pass. Now, there are a few restrictions that you should be aware of that prevent you from getting multiple Southwest personal cards. We know that Travis would immediately rush out and open all five of them if given the opportunity so that he could maybe earn two companion passes, if that's a thing. Um, <laughs> but there are restrictions in place that prevent that from happening. So here's kind of the rundown on those. In order to earn a bonus on a personal Southwest card, all of the following statements I'm about to say must be true. Number one, you cannot have earned a bonus on another Southwest personal card in the last 24 months, two years. Now, there are currently three, I believe, personal Southwest cards issued by Chase. And that restriction applies across all three. They are plus, premier, and priority. So if you opened a plus card 18 months ago and earned a bonus, you cannot open a priority uh, card in that same time frame. Chase treats those as what we call a card family. The rules apply across all three. That is not the case with business cards. There are currently two Southwest business cards, the Southwest Premier Business and Performance Business. They're also very similar cards. There's no restriction on getting both of those at the same time. We'll talk about kind of the, the chase rules that you need to be aware of when applying for cards. But from a card eligibility standpoint, you can actually have both Southwest business cards with no restriction across from one to the other. To help really paint the picture, let's say you get a Southwest personal card offering 40,000 bonus points after you spend $2,000 in the first three months. And then you also get a Southwest business card that offers 80,000 points after you spend $3,000 in three months. Add them up, that's 120,000 points just from the bonuses and another 5,000 points at least from the minimum spend requirement, assuming you're only earning one point per dollar. All told, that's 125,000 points right there, two bonuses, two min spends. It's only 10,000 points shy of earning the companion pass. Now, don't worry. All hope is not lost because you're missing those 10,000 points. You actually have the rest of the entire calendar year to earn those, and you have a few different ways to do so. And I'm going to toss it out to the group here. What are some other ways that people could earn those remaining 10,000 Southwest points? The easy and obvious answer that I just figured out is fly between Houston and Dallas eight <laughs> times a day until you build up 10,000 points. <laughs> easy. Anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with timing, with the flight schedules, that's about how many you can get in a day. But if you don't want to do the the obvious choice, then you could do what's maybe the next most obvious is just put the spend on your credit cards. It'll take some time for most people to get an additional $10,000 worth of spend on there. But it's a good way to start working on 
bridging that gap. Thank you. What else? Well, I mean, Travis said you could fly back and forth between Houston and Dallas, but you could just fly to like a a better, a better route on Southwest during those last (laughs) few points. You could pick somewhere on vacation and just earn on whatever the, the cash, the cash fare is, the number of points that you'd earn on that purchase. Well, I would just hope that the welcome offer is offering 50,000 rapid rewards points instead of 40,000 and then the problem is solved because <laughs> then you can literally earn the bonus from meeting the minimum spends on the two cards. But if that's not actually what's happening, we'll have a clearer picture on that. The Another option is using Rocket Miles. That is a third-party hotel booking platform, essentially, that booking through them, you earn points. You can earn points on a number of programs American Airlines, Southwest, tons other airlines. Um, and you can generally earn up to 10,000 rapid rewards points per night with a booking. You book a one night hotel stay, you make up the 10,000 rapid rewards points. Hey, maybe even bonus, you use some of your rapid rewards points to go on a vacation somewhere for a weekend. Uh, so you're getting the flights for free, earning your points from your hotel stay to then qualify you for the companion pass if you need to make up a little bit of a difference. Boom, solved. <laughs> Well, on, on top of that, um, I know Emily mentioned earlier, like the Southwest shopping portals are ways to to earn points to qualify as well. And what I want to emphasize is you don't have to pick just one of these. You can do any combination of these. You can be spending some on your Southwest credit card. You can be going through the Southwest shopping portals. You can book a hotel on Rocket Miles. You can fly between Houston and Dallas eight times, which earns you 860 miles each way. So that roughly gets you 10,000. Any combination of those, doesn't matter which way you do it. You just have to get to that 10,000 extra points. I'm curious on Travis's little Q1 adventure, if he can do all three at the same time. Like in (laughs) flight, on a Southwest flight that he paid for with this Southwest credit card, hop onto the Rapid Reward shopping portal and book or buy something paying with your Southwest card, like points raining from the sky as you're above Texas, somewhere between Houston and Dallas. Raining, raining from the sky isn't something I want to be thinking about while yeah. I'm in a metal airplane. <laughs> That's true. thousand feet above the ground. For points eight times in a day. everywhere. Um, but in this little adventure, you have to spend the night every night in Dallas at a hotel you've booked at, booked through Rocket Miles. Credit to Southwest. There we go. You so we're, in, like, two we're really days. seeing how fast I can get this done without credit card bonuses, and then compare it to earning it through credit card bonuses. Sure. I, I think yeah. the rest of us are just optimizing for Travis's pain here. You know, you yeah. could earn it faster. We just, we're here for the entertainment value, Travis. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to book business select so that way I can at least get A1315. Yeah. There we go. Pretty much the you same leg the, room unless you sit in the exit row. The exit row. The, yeah. the throne seat or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. <laughs> I'm just not going to get off the plane. I'm just going to tell them. <laughs> Just let me stay here all day. <laughs> so, so, so you have like some options. 24 points per dollar or something like that. If you book business select, it gets kind of crazy. Yeah, 3,000 wow. points per flight between Dallas and Houston. Oh, yeah. So Dallas is looking like an appealing option. I would only need to take like 40 flights, which if I can do eight a day, I can do that in less than a week. Wow. This is, this okay. is sounding more appealing as we go. Update the course. We have new companion pass strategy. <laughs> Who said mileage running is dead? You heard about the companion pass run? Come on. 
So you have some options on how to make up the difference if one exists. Although I will say that in past years with the higher bonuses we've seen on the Southwest cards, most people don't have to do anything. If you if you get the offers right or, or really it's kind of out of your control, if you get lucky and the, the chase offers on these cards are high enough, two bonuses alone will get you over the 135000 required to earn Companion Pass. And as Emily mentioned earlier, once you earn the 135000 you don't have to cash those in to buy Companion Pass. You're just given Companion Pass and you get to keep the 135000 points at which point you can start flying around on Southwest with friends on points for free for quite some time. So here's the important part. Why are we talking about this perk right now in the middle of October? And why do we keep making references to how the timing can be tricky? That is because a big element of timing here in order to maximize use of Companion Pass is to earn it as early in the calendar year as you possibly can. Now, remember how we explained that when you earn Companion Pass, it's good for the remainder of the year in which you earned it in the entire following year. So the analogy I often like to make for the time of Companion Pass is that of a happy hour at your favorite bar. If happy hour runs from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock in the evening, would you rather show up at 6 o'clock or at 7.45? Now, if you're like me, I'm there at 5.15 waiting for the happy hour to start. But the sooner you get started on it, the more you can take advantage of it. Uh, and that's why the timing here is so important. You want to earn it as early in the calendar year as possible. And to quickly clarify, by calendar year, I mean like literally January through December. It's all about what is the year behind Ryan Seacrest when you're watching him on TV as the confetti falling. Uh, that's what's going to matter have, here. For I have a question on that. Go ahead. On your happy hour example, does it matter if you arrive at 6 o'clock p.m. on the dot or if you get there by like 6.03 or 6.04? Exactly. I see where you're going with this. And we have so many people who when this is a plot and then this analogy goes to companion pass, they're like sitting outside, like checking their watch, waiting for it to be six in one second. They can burst through the door and then they don't order drinks for like 20 more minutes. Right. Don't overthink it, folks. You don't have to earn Companion Pass on January 1st or January 2nd. It's going to be okay if you earn it in late January, even in February. That's okay. We find that many people who kind of screw up the timing here do so because they're just cutting it too close and most times for really no reason at all. They didn't have an immediate use for it. They just kind of like the academic exercise of earning it as soon as they possibly can. It doesn't matter if you earn it January 1st or February 17th. You know, if your first trip that you're taking is in March, you just need it before before March. Precisely. Now, here's where there's an additional wrinkle that makes things a little bit confusing. Okay, you want to earn Companion Pass, you know, early January or early in the calendar year. So where, how does that tie back to October? Why are we talking about this right now? That is because the entire process of earning it in, say, January, February of next year starts with opening the credit cards now. Here's how this works. And here's really kind of the bottom line of the entire episode. So bookmark this somehow. These are the steps you need to take during Companion Pass. So you're going to want to sign up for two Southwest credit cards late in the year. Really anytime between now, like October-ish, and the end of December can work. We recommend doing one of the Southwest business cards first and one of the personal cards 30 or more days after the business card was approved. Now we get this question all the time. Why business card first? Does it really matter? It's not a huge deal. But we find that the business card is harder for most people to be approved for. So you want to do that one first. And then when you go for the personal one, because it's easier to be approved for, even if the business card is kind of held against you from a velocity standpoint by a bank, easier to get the personal card later. So do the business one first, but know that plenty of people do it other order as well. So you're going to open two of those cards, 30 days between them. And here's the key part. You want to spend up to or close to, but not over, the minimum spending requirement on both cards. Now you want to be very, very, very careful with this. Because if you hit the minimum spending too early, your bonus will post in the calendar, in, you know, in this case, 2023, and that will completely screw up your timing to earn Companion Pass. So spend up to, but not over, that minimum spend. Leave yourself a few hundred bucks of wiggle room 
just like Matt mentioned earlier, a lot of people just kind of cut this too close. They want to get within $5 and wait until after January one to cross it. There's no reason to do so. Give yourself plenty of wiggle room and do know that the most common reason why people make a mistake on this, there's two of them. One, they saved their Southwest card as a payment method on something like Amazon and they forgot about it and they just kept on buying and didn't realize it went over. Two, they gave their Southwest card to some other person, a player or two in your, in your life, and that person's not aware of the timing and they spent over it. So just be very careful about those two things. So we're spending up to, but not over the minimum spend. And then after January 1, that's when you want to cross that minimum spend on both cards. This is going to ensure that your bonus points post to the following calendar year, in our case right now, into 2024. And then you just have a rocketing head start toward that 135,000 miles that are required to earn the companion pass. And if needed, earn those remaining 10 to 15,000 miles using some of the methods we talked about earlier. But the pressure's off with that one because you have all year to do that. You could earn both bonuses in January. You could get to like 128,000 Southwest miles. You could sit around doing nothing until September of 2024 and earn the remaining miles. Boom, there's your companion pass and you're fine. But the key is don't hit the bonus on either of those cards before January 1, before you see Ryan Seacrest smiling at you in Times Square. And if you do, know that it can't be fixed. (laughs) We get so many emails every year like, oh no, my bonus posted early because usually I add it as a payment method on my Amazon account. 10X team, can you help me? We'd love to, but we can't. Yeah, and we've we've even seen a few times, you know, we we talk about leaving a good enough buffer, and I want to emphasize this because we've seen a few times where people who are within five or ten dollars chase just awards the bonus early. We've seen it happen a few times where you've been that close, so be sure to leave a, a good enough buffer, both of spend and time to meet it. Another thing that gets people sometimes is you know. Why are we talking about this now in mid-October? Because if you open one October 1st, your deadline to meet the minimum spend is going to be January 1st. And sometimes people have too tight of a window in the new year and they'll make a purchase and it maybe you do gas. And you know, the gas pumps, they'll always put a hold and it'll take a few days for it to, to go through and finalize the purchase. Well, if that finalizing of the purchase doesn't happen in your spend window, Sorry, no bonus. So leave yourself a buffer of both spend and time. So that way you have the time to meet the spend threshold. I don't know about you guys, but the redeeming side of the companion pass sounds nice and easy. I feel like most people have that. The timing and workflow for qualifying for this, like it doesn't sound hard, but like there are a lot of steps to it. Yeah. It's someone should like build a tool to like walk you through it, make it easy, tell you exactly what to do. I think it's a great idea. Like right? that so uh, we're just going <laughs> to roll that out today in my 10x. As you know, my 10x is our software tool that we've built to kind of help you manage a ton of things and points and miles. And one of the things we just launched is companion pass mode. If you're interested in earning the companion pass, log into your my 10x account, turn on companion pass mode. You'll be prompted in multiple places for it, and you'll find a really nice, easy to understand and follow checklist for how to earn the companion pass. And it's all triggered by things you do in your My10X wallet. So as soon as you uh, turn on Companion Pass mode, we'll let you know which card we think you should get based on which ones you're eligible for, etc. Then once you've added that card to your account, we'll see it in your wallet. We'll let you know that you're clear to move on to the next step, which is you know wait 30, day, 30 plus days. Once that's passed, we'll let you know which card you should get next. Again, you know we'll remind you not to meet your minimum spend and a few other steps. We'll let you know when you're free and clear to hit your minimum spend. We'll remind you of your minimum spend deadlines, all this kind of stuff to make it as painless and easy as possible for you to 
meet the qualifications to earn the companion pass without messing it up or getting it as automated as possible for you so that you don't mess it up. Yeah, my 10x, it'll, it'll take the thinking out of it for you. It'll take what yep. would be a strategy where you have to kind of map like, okay, how's this going to work my lifestyle? And it's going to make it into a list, which is like, do this. Okay, now wait. Okay, do this. Now wait, we'll tell you when to do the next step. Just takes all the thinking out of it. And I will say we're recording this episode in early September, you know, behind the scenes look at 10x. We're actually still building this product right now. And as Matt says this, is it too late to request that we like kind of recreate Clippy from old school Microsoft Word, <laughs> but we like make him a plane and he's like your companion pass companion. And he's like, hello, it looks like you're trying to earn companion pass. Like, come along on this journey with me and I'll help you. Let's make that happen because that'd be super cool. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, it's, yep. it's, 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 <laughs> I, I don't know how to respond to that one. Yeah. yeah I don't I'm know. Just... I hope that one makes the videos. Like, hello, <laughs> one... I just said that. <laughs> that one's for 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 you, Matt. Enjoy. The funny thing though about Companion Pass is how different it is from most points. You know, in our previous episodes, we've talked about how earning points is easy. It's redeeming that's typically the hard part. It's Southwest. Redeeming is the easy part. It's the timing of the companion pass and getting it nailed that's the hard part. And I'm, you know, for those of you listening, you can't see me throwing air quotes around hard. It's really not that hard. It's just the consequences if you mess it up are high, but if you get it right, the rewards are really high. So that's why we emphasize this timing and stuff so much because we do see it every year. We see people messing it up every year and there's not much that you can do to salvage it once you do mess up. But with some thought and planning and guidance now in my 10X, you can easily simplify that. It's not that hard, but it is just something that we emphasize so much. I just want to reiterate, emphasizing the timing just because people mess it up and miss out on the incredible value that is the companion pass for nearly two years. I also feel like we should mention my 10x makes it easy to earn all those steps. Super simple. The other way to to make this completely foolproof is don't start any of this process until like mid-December. Then it is literally impossible for you to screw up the timing on the bonus and all that kind of stuff. What you're hearing on this episode, what you see mentioned in our group and our site, we talk about how to really optimize this, earn as soon as possible. But if you want to just, you know, put the put the bumpers up on this bowling alley of the Southwest Companion Pass, just don't start any of this until after December 1 and you are going to be just fine. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Emily, go right ahead. <laughs> no, my uh, my only comment was going to be, yes, if you mess it up, you're missing out on like the buy one, get one free for potentially up to two years. But even if you you mess it up, you're still earning points and you can still redeem those Southwest points for for free flight. So yes, obviously, the, the outcome is bad if you screw it up, but it's not the worst. <laughs> and unfortunately, we see a number of people. I, I bet it's hundreds of people every mm-hmm. year that just kind of try and get cute with timing that we know of, So, which means there's probably more and mess it up somehow, unfortunately. But yeah, like you said, all's not lost. But all is not gained either, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you can always try again <laughs> next year. <laughs> no, not really. Not really, yeah. Depending on, the depending, depending on which ones you get the first time. But yeah. Yeah. Whatever combo you do, as long as you only mess up one, you should still be able to get the other card. You know, if you do a business and a personal and you mess up either of those, you can still get a, another business card. If you do two business cards and you mess up one of those, you can still do the personal card. But if you mess up both, then you're it's really an uphill climb, yeah. out of luck. Yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. it's an uphill a lot climb. Of supplementing 
points to earn. Exactly. To where at some point, the, it's a very diminishing return for the average user. Yeah. And if, if that is you, please reach out. We'll do our best to help you fix it. I promise no judgment. As Matt mentioned, we see this happen with hundreds of people every year. And you know that was us not too long ago. I could easily see myself making that mistake in the past. Like we, We'll do our best to help you. No judgment at all. We've all been there. So we've talked about how to earn companion pass. Again, emphasis on just use the tool in My10x. It just makes it completely foolproof. But once you've earned it, you know you get it for the maximum amount of time. Let's talk about the value of that perk. Now, I know, Travis, you said that you currently have companion pass, I believe. And we're going to go around to everyone, talk about your experience with it. But Travis, if you don't want starting out, what's your experience been using companion pass? Yeah, so um, I was very delayed in getting my first companion pass. It's something that a lot of people do early on in points and miles. And I didn't do it for about four or five years. So then I timed my first one perfectly and got my very first companion pass in 2020. <laughs> and, nice going. Uh, yeah, I, did, I don't know how many of you have blacked out that period of your lives like <laughs> I have. Uh, blackout might be the wrong <laughs> word choice to use here, but <laughs> I've committed to it. So we're going with it. So if you blacked out that period, there wasn't much travel happening. I did get a little bit of use out of it towards the end of 2021, but I did get another one in 2022. So it's ending at the end of this year. Even though I don't like Southwest, I'm based in Houston. It's a Southwest hub. You know, I go to Mexico a lot and Southwest is very convenient for flights to Mexico or Florida. I can get a number of leisure destinations nonstop from here. So I use it. Usually about halfway through the second year of it is when I run out of points with my companion pass. Uh, and that's where I'm at right now. I'm totally, I mean, I've got like maybe 3,000 Southwest points now left in my account. So even though I don't like flying Southwest, I totally use it. I get a lot of value out of it. And I just upgrade to business select at the gate. <laughs> there we go. And in, in, in some cases, part of that can be refundable based on which Southwest personal card you choose. But we'll save that for another podcast. Emily, have you ever had a Southwest Companion Pass? Tell us about your experience with it. Yeah, uh, I think we've had it since 2019, I want to say. I think I got it in maybe April of 2019. So the timing went as early as it could have been, but I was also pretty, still pretty like new to the game at that point, And I really didn't want to screw it up. So I, I think what ended up happening with that one was maybe because I had it for 2019 and would have had it for all of 2020. I think Southwest extended it for a year because I didn't have to apply to get it again until the end of 2021. So that worked out in my favor. That was nice because I still got to use it even you know, it, it through 2021 without having to earn it again. But because we're, we're based in Denver, it's a huge Southwest hub. And so a lot of our flights are on Southwest. I also am running low on my points now. So I think I maybe have like 2000 left. I don't have very many Southwest flights left for the rest of this year, but yeah, it's, it's been super valuable for us. I think we've gone on like 11 one-way trips with it and just in the past like year or two. So we'll definitely be doing it again. <laughs> Also, shout out to our Denver-based Southwest Companion Pass aficionados. Denver has an amazing combination for Companion Pass in that the Amex Centurion Lounge is located in the Southwest mm -hmm. Terminal, which is so rare. Southwest Terminals are usually pretty bare bones. So every time I'm flying through Denver on Southwest, I always feel like it's such this strange duality of like, I'm in this really high-end lounge in basically the budget terminal, and nobody else in here is flying Southwest at the moment, but this is fun. <laughs> so yay, Denver. Matt, how about you? 
So we've had it. Don't currently have it. I earned it in 2018. So we had it for 20. I had it for 2018 and 2019, and we used the heck out of it. I wrote an article actually on the site about my first year with the companion pass. I'll link it in the show notes. Just kind of cool. We went all over. Uh, went to the Caribbean a few times. West Coast. Went out to Denver. I think maybe a few other spots. On the article, I think I have seven trips that we went. So that's round trip on it. I think it ended up being more like 10 or 11. Some not overly fun ones that I just didn't include in the article. So we used all of our points in the first year from it. I don't know what you guys are waiting for, but you know, that's fine. Take your time. And then my wife earned it in, let's see. Yeah. So 2018, 2019, I had it. And then she earned it in January, 2020. And as we've discussed, there we know it happened. Uh, didn't use it a single time. And it expired the end of 2021. We flew Southwest somewhere in like early 2022. And we still have like 150,000 rapid rewards points or something in her account, primarily from earning that and no plans to use them. So, oh well. But yeah, we got just tons of value out of it when we had it the first go around. Where you just like haven't, Southwest for me is a little bit tricky. It's not the end of the world, but they fly out of Charlotte Raleigh, so it's not the closest airports. I fly to those common, but connections are usually not ideal. All those I can get nonstop flights out of and have to connect with Southwest. So we just have not found ourselves flying Southwest much since our first go around. Yeah, I'll take and, those Southwest points off your hands. No, okay. I'll give you a good price. <laughs> well, I guess we should we should mention Keep in mind with the companion pass works on about any Southwest ticket that you're flying on, unless you're someone's plus one, unless you're a companion, which means in situations like that, when when you have Southwest companion or Southwest rapid reward points still in your account, maybe it's your partner's turn to earn companion pass. You can use your points, book a ticket for your partner. Your partner can then use their companion pass to add you as companion. That's the the versatility that's fantastic. And and also Matt's situation kind of highlights a common strategy and really a great play we see with companion pass. And that is kind of taking turns earning this with your P2 or whoever the person is who's often your companion that gets around kind of the two-year card restrictions. It allows, you know, a couple, if you will, to have a companion pass in the household basically indefinitely. That's a good strategy right there. Although using it at least once might help you get some more value out of that. But that's what that's what I've done. I've I've, I've had a companion pass, my wife and I, for almost nearly a decade now, since I pretty much started in points and miles. I have to be approaching like 60 or 70 companion pass flights in my life. We used to use it you know, at least once a month, sometimes multiple times. So I, uh, Southwest, if you keep, if you're a, if you're listening and B, if you keep tr- uh, stats on this sort of thing, I would love to know where I fall on the list of like all time companion fast users. Cause I have to be near the top of that video game list, little BRC floating to the top. Boom. High score. Do you, do you want to be my companion on all my flights between Houston and Dallas just to, to keep moving, moving up? No, thanks. Actually, and companions don't earn points for the flight, I'm quite sure. So that would be a completely fruitless endeavor. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I will say being being based in a hub, Emily can probably highly appreciate this as well, is one of the greatest uses that I've gotten out of the companion pass is for repositioning flights. Even though I love the award availability out of Houston, there's plenty of times when I'm catching flights out of New York or Dallas or Chicago. And yes, because it's Southwest, that means I'm flying into LaGuardia and having to go to JFK or flying into Midway and having to go to, to O'Hare. But that is a minor inconvenience when I just need to easily get us to one airport with our bags. Using my companion pass as a positioning tool has probably actually been some of the best use I've gotten out of it. Yeah, and and I feel like it's it's great to emphasize here again. 
that type of use is, is typical. That's what most people use it for. And you don't have to love Southwest. You can have the, the same approach that Travis does to Southwest, like, eh, don't love them. But if it's buy one, get one free, and it helps me position for my Emirates first flight, yeah, I'm going to take that. So that's a perfect, perfect use case of companion pass. And, and, and really to, to go back to the value real quick, some, some quick math, like what is the value of a Southwest companion pass? You know, you're going to earn 135,000 or more Southwest points in the process of earning it. Southwest points are worth about 1.3 cents each, and that's a fixed-ish amount. It doesn't move more than a cent or so on that, or sorry, 0.1 cents or so. So 135,000 points, 1.3 cents each, that's about $1,755 in free Southwest travel, plus the ability to bring companion on all of those flights. So if someone were to try to book those exact same itineraries paying cash, they'd end up paying a little over $3,500 to replicate the value you earn just from the points and the companion pass. So. You don't have to love it. You don't have to seek out Southwest, but it really plays a great role for repositioning. And also, it's great for families. One of the most common situations we see with people earning companion passes, hey, we travel with one or multiple children everywhere we go. Sometimes you see you know, both player one and player two each earn their own companion pass. Each person can then bring a child for free. And then you don't have to break the entire bank just to fly the entire the family to Florida or you know wherever you want to go because you have two companion passes and a bunch of points to work. So lots and lots of value to be had from Companion Pass. So the, the perk sounds amazing. It's great for families and repositioning. But are there any cons to it that people should should be aware of to where it wouldn't be a good fit? I think the biggest con or limitation of Southwest is the route map. It's great if you're in hubs like we've talked about. But just given that they are more of a point-to-point airline than hub and spoke like some of the traditional carriers, their route map is somewhat particular and kind of nuanced. So like depending on where you live, like for me, I'm, I'm kind of in that gray area. Like I can drive an hour in two different directions and get to a place where there are multiple Southwest flights, but my airport 30 minutes down the road is not serviced by them, which would be ideal. So like kind of nuanced. So if, if you're in a situation like that, it may not be a good fit for you based on where you fly and where you live, that kind of combination. There's an example. A couple of years ago, Southwest essentially pulled out of New York City um, I forget which one they were flying into. It might have been Newark or LaGuardia. I can't remember which one. I think um, it was Newark. Newark. That they okay. used to fly into. They don't anymore, go. though. Yeah, they don't. So you know, if you live in New York City or even on you know kind of the west side or you, maybe over in like across the river in New Jersey proper, Companion Pass probably isn't a good move for you. They do have a few flights now at a at a LaGuardia that's brought back, but like that's not that close um, and, and not that convenient. So you know, in that situation, Companion Pass probably isn't a good move for you. One thing that I've found is when you're shopping for flights already, be it points and miles or cash, if you often find yourself passing over on Southwest because of inconvenient routings or not having as good timings, you're probably not going to change your travel habits to to accommodate it. And that's something I see a lot happening with people is they get the companion pass because of the value it has and it has tremendous value but it only has tremendous value if you're actually using it and if you're choosing to not fly southwest for whatever reason already it's going to be hard to overcome that when you're looking at options and you're looking at flying southwest and going from columbus to baltimore to fort lauderdale to turks and caicos versus yeah yeah you're welcome versus you know Columbus to Miami to Turks and Caicos. You're adding in a whole extra stop to get there. Most people aren't going to want to voluntarily do that. And 
I don't even know if Southwest flies to Turks and Caicos, but I picked that example. They do, they do actually. Thank you. Yes. Um, I didn't know that. But if you're yeah. if you're already finding that you're not flying Southwest because you're choosing it because it's inconvenient for you, you're probably not going to change that habit just because you have the companion pass. Yeah. Excellent point. Yeah. And I think that kind of like plays into my point, which is like think about who you are as a person on top of your habits is like if you're single and you don't have like a big circle of friends who love to travel, I'm not sure who your companion is going to be. <laughs> so in that sense, it kind of cuts down on the the value a little bit. So I mean, one, one of the things that I love about the companion pass, aside from having my now husband who will travel with me, is that a lot of the travel that we do is spontaneous. So like, we'll just go ahead and book something because we can. And if you don't have like a group of people in your life that are down to do that with you, or or plan a trip far in advance, that that's fine too. But just make sure that you're not getting something that's not going to end up being valuable for for you specifically. Agreed. I, I feel the need to play play the other side of the coin here. Let me tell you a few reasons why Companion Pass is fantastic that many people forget about. Number one, Southwest is one of the only airlines, at least to my knowledge, that allows free cancellation of award tickets like no questions asked, which means that Southwest award reservations have all of the commitment of like a dinner reservation at a restaurant. You can just push two buttons and cancel it. So at least for me, I find many situations where I use Southwest as kind of like a contingency option. If I'm repositioning on, say, another airline, uh, I want to have a backup option available. If that airline cancels, oh no, my entire trip would be in trouble. I have the Southwest option available. But what I'll often do is when I'm boarding this flight that, oh, it's on time, it's going to be okay. I just cancel Southwest as I'm boarding. Yay, kind of using it to hold space. And then two, another use case we see a lot of people use Companion Pass for is that period in many people's lives you go through where it seems like you're at someone's wedding every weekend, like you're in your kind of like early 20s to, I don't know, mid 30s or so. Suddenly everyone you know is getting married. You know, maybe you have a player two that has to go to all these weddings. You didn't think that you'd have to plan uh, plan a trip to, you know, uh, Seattle this year, but oh, there's a wedding popping up or bachelor, bachelorette parties kind of thing. This helps to save on the cost of that type of bulk travel that you might not have anticipated. And this helps to cover it. Travis, could you have flown Southwest to upstate New York? Uh, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. She got, they, they gave her champagne, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, they fit it to Buffalo and uh, either Syracuse or Rochester. I don't remember which one, but one of those. You no, could have, but no, it doesn't sound like have. you would have. <laughs> no. No, I would have stuck with my, my trusty United uh, mm. into Ithaca, which was such a charming little airport. Mm, I've never flown into Ithaca. It's pretty small, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's like four <laughs> gates and like the airlines come in batches. It's like Delta and it's only Delta and then United. And the people working the like check-in desk for Delta just slide down to United. <laughs> they like turn their like vests inside out and they're like reversible. Yeah, yeah, it literally was the exact same person because when I got there on my way back, the United desk wasn't open, but it was the same person by the time it did open. Is there like a so little yes. bell you ring and they change their shirt? <laughs> 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 so yes, I I could have, but uh, chose United, which which is something too about Southwest is you know they they don't I'm I'm still in the thunder away from Bryce who said he was going to talk about all these good things and now here I am pointing out another negative is Southwest doesn't have airline partners, which means that when something goes wrong with Southwest, Southwest can't just send you on American or United or Delta. You're stuck with Southwest and you're stuck with Southwest is your only option for for solving that. And we saw that in their big meltdown 
whatever that was yeah. a couple months ago. December. People yeah. were stuck for like a week because yeah. they literally didn't have these arrangements in place to help move them home. Yeah, and sometimes airlines that don't even have a formal partnership have these agreements. So United might, I'm just pulling one out. I don't know if this is real or not, but United might have one with Delta. And so if United has to cancel theirs, they could put you on a Delta flight. It might be the least favorable option and you might have to fight for it, but it it is something you can do. I've done it in the past when American canceled my flight, they had an interline agreement with JetBlue and they put me on JetBlue, but Southwest doesn't have this option. So when things go wrong with Southwest, which to be fair, it doesn't happen that often. Yes, last year it happened and it was very bad, but in general, things run smoothly. But you are stuck on Southwest as your only real solution. Yeah. And then because everyone else is trying to rebook from what they've canceled, if you're not one of the first people to rebook, the next flight you can take is like Wednesday when you were supposed to leave on Sunday. <laughs> I've been there, <laughs> but I still love them. <laughs> I think I think the companion pass is the best move that a person new to point to miles can do. They're like super motivated, super excited about the hobby, wanting to like stick it to the man, get the best like value out of their points and stuff like that. And they can use companion pass to do that essentially and yeah. just get unbelievable value out of it. So like if you're new to points to miles, you should really consider getting the companion pass. I think it's fantastic. Well, and you get, you can get that value right away. You know, Correct. a lot of bigger redemptions that you see take building up a decent bit of points to 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 pull off. With Southwest, you get the companion pass. You can virtually immediately start seeing the value that you can get in points and miles. Or you have to book an award like 11 months out and then wait for it to be here so you can operate it. Southwest, you could book a flight today because there, if there's a seat, you can redeem points for it pretty much. In almost yeah, every you don't situation. have to worry about... Yeah. Word charts or yeah. uh, seat availability. Like if they're p- selling the seat for cash, they're selling it for points. Exactly. So. Oh yeah, you're right. And I guess there's I'll pile on the negative side here for a bit. A couple of other downsides to Southwest. Uh, number one, they do not show up in flight aggregator searches. Like if you go to Google Flights or any other common booking site, it's not going to show Southwest results because Southwest does not share that information with others. So it's easy to overlook them as an option. Kind of forget about them. Um, and of course, it's a little bit harder to compare your options because you have to run one of the other search. Number two, they tend to only open their booking calendar like five to seven months out. So if you're planning trips way in advance, like if you know we're recording this in the fall, if you wanted to plan a trip like next summer, you could book flights on pretty much any other airline right now, but not Southwest. It's not for sale yet. So that's a bit of a downside. You kind of have to wait and almost like play the game where Southwest opens up their schedule for two more months. Everyone kind of jumps on it like it's Eras Tour tickets to see Taylor Swift and grabs up everything real quick. But it's also important to mention what Matt said. Southwest is unique in that every seat on the plane can be booked for points. Like they don't play games with award inventory. And the value per mile when you're booking with Southwest is generally like fixed, like about 1.2 to 1.3 cents each. So there's never a situation where like, oh, hey, I'm going to fly on Southwest, but I'm going to save my points for a future flight. Like, you should just always redeem them. It kind of takes the thinking out of it. I will say to, to kind of the comment on like new people doing this, just anecdotally having seen, you know, tens of thousands of people go through the process of earning companion pass over the years. Most people who are kind of like on the fence about it end up liking it more than they thought that they would. I will tell you that it's, it's very rare for me to see someone who I help earn companion pass and use our material come back and say, oh, yeah, actually, I didn't really use it. And I wish I didn't do that. Most people end up liking a lot. 
some people find that it becomes a almost like a crutch part of their travel life, especially if you have kids. Like for me, like the idea of like, wait a second, I can't just book half the Southwest flights that I need and then cover the rest with our companion passes. That, that feels odd. <laughs> like, wait a second, full price? That's weird. It's like going into Kohl's and paying full price for a piece of clothing. You just expect it to be on sale at some point. Well, I was going to say, and then on the flip side, when you no longer have a companion pass, it feels very weird having to pay with points for two tickets instead of just one and then the magic add companion button. For sure. Yeah, there's many times where I'll look at like my credit card statement on like Sapphire Preferred, which I use for you know travel insurance on most uh, bookings, and there'll be like 15 line items in a row, like Southwest five dollars sixty cents, like boom, 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 boom. That's me like booking three separate trips to Disney just in case one of them gets canceled. I can I already have the next day booked, and I'm not waiting in line for everyone else. And then a bunch of minus five sixties, boom, 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 as I kind of cancel those. So yeah, I'm kind of a reservation bully <laughs> on Southwest, and I'm not sorry about it. <laughs> We found the the Southwest enthusiast amongst the group. Emily, you're a close second, but yeah. but uh, I, I I don't think you've got Bryce beat. No, I think <laughs> uh, yeah. When you have like family, I think it it levels you up a little bit. <laughs> For sure, yeah. The kids are the main reason that that I have it. So yeah, that's companion pass. Are any of you in the process of earning a companion pass this time around? Uh, well, not me personally, but. Uh, my P2 is up this year because uh, I have to out- wait out my 24-month jail time until I can get the cards again. But he is he's all set up to, to take the reins this year. Hopefully nothing goes wrong, but it's not going on the Amazon account. I'm going to hold on to cards, <laughs> just preparing for the worst. But I think, it'll be, I think it'll be good. Hopefully we'll get it in like January or February and be ready to travel to more weddings next year. We're not going for it, I guess, no. kind of for the reasons I had outlined earlier. We still have a ton of rapid rewards points. So if we need to fly Southwest somewhere, we have plenty to cover it. I know it's not the greatest value to have to actually buy two tickets instead of just one, but it's it's just not necessarily... It's not in the cards, I should say. At the <laughs> <day>. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm really undecided right now. I've gone back and forth on it. My... Card velocity for opening cards has really slowed down over the past few years. So I'm not too worried about, you know, if I don't get it this year and feel like I'm missing it next year, then I can just get it the following year. So I don't know. I mean, every time I've had it, I've used it. I've used all the points, even in the the COVID era, but I just don't like flying Southwest. I usually am... You know, I do it because I have the companion pass. And that's a perfectly fine reason to be doing it. But it just it just stresses me out, the thought of flying Southwest. So I don't know. It's a great value. And I've personally gotten not quite price level, but pretty good value out of it. But I just don't know. I really Travis, don't know. I'm going to set up a little backdoor trigger to let me know if you enable companion pass mode in your my turn. Oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, so I can rub it in your face. You know, I'm not going to have to because I'm taking all those flights between Houston and Dallas. Oh, oh so. yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah, yeah correct. I forgot. Yeah. So, yes, Travis, I'm getting companion pass next year. <laughs> Travis answering this question as if he forgot what he, what he signed up for earlier in this yeah. podcast. <laughs> Just back and forth in Texas. That'll be great. <laughs> and for me, I'm I'm going to earn it. I've been, like I said, I've earned it every year for a long time in the household. I assume my wife and I will probably each earn one. We have three daughters now, so we have a lot more companions that have to be added. But we use it a lot. We have a ton of points remaining. 
actually one of the other perks I'll quickly mention about companion pass is that you can add it to any existing reservation. So you can be booking trips now in 2024, earn a companion pass, you know, January, February, whenever, and then add that companion pass to those trips that you already booked. You don't have to wait to earn it. So I do that as well, but I'll be earning it. I'm a fan. I'll be uh, on future podcasts defending Southwest for all of us who are really into it. But yeah, Companion Pass is a fantastic value. I, I recommend everyone at least give it a look. Try it once. Try to get past that feeling of ooh Southwest or you know ooh, budget carrier because I, I, I assure you most most people who do end up loving it. So that's Companion Pass. We're going to wrap up here in a minute. Before we do, anyone else have any other thoughts on Southwest? Things that you wish people would know as we kind of go into the Companion Pass season. I would say if you're traveling to some of their sort of exotic-ish destinations like the Caribbean or Hawaii, depending on where you're coming from, the the routing, just this is a commentary on Southwest, not necessarily a companion pass, but you would probably use it. The routing can be tricky. So if you're going from the East Coast to Hawaii, for example, you're going to have to basically book two separate legs, one to maybe Oakland or San Diego, San Jose. They have a few different sort of hubs on the West Coast that they then fly onwards to Hawaii from. Um, so you'd have to do that there and back. And then also Fort Lauderdale. Most of their Caribbean flights connect through Fort Lauderdale. So depending on travel times and where you're going, just kind of pay attention to some of that if it's, if it's your first time. I'll, I'll throw out my favorite Southwest trick. It's don't pay for early bird check-in. Early bird check-in does not guarantee you anything. All it means is that you don't have to to remember to check in. You can still end up in the B group. You can still end up in the C group. It's no guarantee of anything. So my tip is show up at the airport, upgrade to business select if you didn't get in the boarding position you want. So for me, if I end up in the A group, I don't do it. But if I'm in the B group or later... I upgrade to business select. It is a little bit more expensive, but it's guaranteed A1 through A15. 30 to $50 per person, depending on flight. I believe one of the business credit cards gives you four upgraded boardings a year versus $20 to $30, whatever it is for early bird check-in, where you're not guaranteed anything. Nope. Roll the dice. If you forget to check in or whatever, then just upgrade to business select. I've only had... One flight ever where it was completely sold out and another where both me and my wife, she was traveling as my companion and they only had one. So I won't say who got it, but... Are you a seat saver? (laughs) Are you a Southwest seat saver? Oh, I am a Southwest seat saver and I have no issue with it. (laughs) I, at the same time... I have been towards the back of the boarding groups before, and I don't care if a seat is saved. You know, now what 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 does that mean for me? It means if someone says I'm going to sit there, I'm not going to fight them. But if someone asks, "Is that seat available?" I'll say I'm holding it for someone, and they can choose to interpret that how they want. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie and say this seat is taken because it's not taken yet. But I have no shame in saving seats. I love that there's a TikTok trend of, of uh, kind of like things you do to save seats on Southwest. And one of the most popular ones is you have like a couple sitting aisle window and you just pretend to be fighting. You're like, you know, kind of pretend <laughs> to argue. And it's like, who wants to sit between this couple as they kind of fight? Although I, I feel like I should mention the ultimate Southwest hack that no one really talks about. There's a way to guarantee boarding it at the end of a group pretty much indefinitely, no matter when you check in, you don't need credit cards for it, right? It's, it's pretty expensive. It's called, yeah, have children, have you know, children. <laughs> family boarding. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thankfully at a position where 
I don't care when I check in. I'm boarding right after the A group because of that's, the kids. So that's why my cutoff is if I'm in the B group, I'll upgrade because uh, it, it is a very family friendly airline. And, you know, I, that's my cutoff. Yes. Any Southwest flight going to Orlando feels like you're at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, yeah. It's like 60% children. There's, there's at least five people having a meltdown at any given time, stressed out parents everywhere. But yeah. I'm flying Southwest to Orlando over Thanksgiving this year. Hope you have good noise canceling headphones. I do. I do. <laughs> Time I'll to put a bow on it. <laughs> All right. That, that about wraps up everything uh, you need to know about the Southwest Companion Pass. It's one of the best perks out there, especially for domestic travel. We are going to make the process of earning it easier than it has ever been in history. There's a good new marketing claim for us <laughs> with our tool, My10x. If you're interested in having simple step-by-step instructions on how to do this, Check out my.10xtravel.com. Look to enable companion pass mode. It'll walk you through everything. If you feel like you need to visualize the whole step-by-step process, we have an article on our website, 10xtravel.com, that we update every year with very specific instructions that we will link to in the show notes. And we also have a detailed section of our free course that walks you through the process. You can find that at 10xtravel.com slash course. We recommend joining our Facebook group, 10X Travel Insiders. Recently, over 264,000 people in there uh, to check out how thousands of others take advantage of the Companion Pass and how they strategize to get it as early as possible in the year. Good luck to all of you out there during Companion Pass season. Thanks for listening. We are 10X Travel and we will catch you next time. Bye now.